Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce Mike Andrea to you. Many of you who've been uh, at Emmaus for a while will have heard Mike speak before. He leads Global Generation Church, or Glogen Church, down in Thanet. He is husband to Stella and father to Jesse and Hope. He's put on the 24-7 Prayer UK board, and he is on the board of um, Big Church Day Out and is kind of the guy who is making wildfires happen. But more than any of that, Mike is just one of the most extraordinary people I met. I remember the first time I met Mike uh, was... um, I think he came to speak to when I was in London, and he just, uh, he had a word for me that was just super, super encouraging, and we've sort of tracked since then. And uh, apart from being one of the most encouraging people I know, and one of the most, um, what I love about Mike is he he is really happy to take risks, because he knows how God, how how God is good and how big God is. So I love that about him, But, but I also love the way that he is just one of the most generous people that I know. His church is one of the most generous churches that I know, and what they are doing um, down in that part of Kent is really extraordinary. Uh, so why don't we welcome Mike as he comes to speak to us this morning. Wow. How do you, how do you follow that? I was looking for Mike as Bill was describing him. It's incredible. Okay, turn around to the person to your side that you don't normally kiss and cuddle. Look at them squarely in the face and say, hello, good looking. Okay, (laughs) then turn around to the other person and say, are you ready to learn something today? And if they say no, say me neither. Okay, honestly, Emmaus, it's so good to be back with you and what fun to be here with you, being at the Woking guys this morning and um, I, you know, for us, your extended family. Glow's relieved this morning because I'm here and not there, and um, so they are probably having an easier ride than um, would be if I was normally there. It's probably organised and all working fine, and I'm not kind of picking at things and trying to work stuff out. But um, to all you mums, wow, aren't you awesome? To all you ladies, what an awesome mother's heart you carry. To all you men and dads, husbands, and wannabes, um, to take a long, hard look at a woman in your life and think there's parts of her life I need in mine, and um, celebrate them today. But today, we're going to look at this whole thing about living to give. Everyone say living to give. And I promise you, I want to disrupt you this morning, if that's okay. And, uh, and if it's not okay, it's tough, isn't it? Because um, I can't do a lot about it. Glow, everyone says that Glow is known for generosity and our family live out this, um, this thing, this word, generosity. And um, I find it quite funny every time it's described because to be totally honest with you, we, I don't think that. I just think um, I just want to live my life as much as like Jesus as is possible. And, um, and to do that, you cannot help but live in the realms of generosity. 
And, uh, and it all sums up in the beautiful verse that we all needed when we encountered Jesus. Or if you're exploring Jesus at the moment, this is the line. It says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that he might die that for those that believe in him would have eternal life. And there's these words in there that God loves the world so much that he gave, and in paraphrase, his best, gave everything. And, um, and Jesus says this beautiful thing in John 6 where he says that um, we are nourished by doing the things that God does. And so by the way that God gave and gives his life, as we do the same, we'll experience heaven's nourishment in our lives. It's amazing. And so I'm going to tell you a few stories and I'm going to provoke us and myself at the same time into living our lives even more generous if we can. And before I do that, I just want to invite Chris to stand up for me, Chris. This is Chris. He's come with me today. And um, he's, he is amazing. He's the lieometer. So if I'm lying, he'll say liar. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I'm the best looking guy on the planet. <laughs> And you're fired. Um, <laughs> for God so loved that he gave. Giving isn't a matter of the wallet. It isn't a matter of substance. It becomes that. But giving's a matter of the heart. It's always a matter of the heart. What goes on in our heart is then outplayed. It's outworked. And when it comes to the kingdom and it comes to following Jesus, it's outplayed in the days that we live, Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but also in the churches that we're part of, the houses that God invites us to build and establish, to reflect and to show Jesus to the world around us. And there are houses that are all different. Emmaus looks different to Glow. Glow looks different to Woking. Woking looks different to the church up the road. And it's meant to be because we are this beautiful tapestry of difference that makes room for everybody. You're actually bound together by the same principles to love the world really, really well. Jesus said this to disciples. He said, as I've loved you, love one another. And then he carries on and he says, you will be known by your love for one another. Let me jump back. For God so loved the world that he gave something. As we love, we give. And as we give, we serve and we build and we empower the things around us to boast of who Jesus is. That's why we're here. That's why we're following after Jesus right here, right now. To extend our invitation, to extend the hope, to extend the belief that God's love supersedes anything this world can throw at a person. And it requires you and me. Turn around to another person and say, you're valuable. Right, come back again. That was terrible. That was terrible. Isn't it funny? The minute we've gone into generosity and given our lives, like, oh. tell them, you are valuable. You are. Every single person in this place has got something to offer, to give. See, stay with me. Generosity is about this. When we say the word generosity, most people straight away think money. Of course, it's got something to do with money. But generosity in the Bible is expressed really through four key things. One, generosity in love. Generosity in service. Generosity in resources. Generosity in finances. To be generous in love. To love others really, really well. To serve others really, really well. To give of our resources, our spare rooms, our, our spare cars, our empty places on our holiday, whatever it may be, to buy an extra bag of shopping, whatever it could be, resources. And then generosity in our finance because we're called to give financially to the things that we are building. 
I love generous moments. It, it wrecks us at Glow because I haven't found a year yet where we haven't, if I'd say, probably overstepped the mark. There's not been one moment any year that I've led where someone said, how? And I'm like, how not? Let's just try. You and I get to change the world through loving really well, serving really well, resourcing really well, giving really well. I could be wrong, so the name might be wrong. Is there anyone in here called Joel? No, hang on. Not, is there another one? Hang on, hang on. I just want to be careful. Is there anyone else called Joel here? So it is you. Brilliant. Amazing. Take that. Great. Explain later. Okay. Anyway, um, back to this. We are called to be the most generous movement on the planet because we follow the most generous God. We can't outgive him. We can't outlive him. We can't outresource him. We can't outlove him. And then he does this party trick on us and he says, hey, guess what? I'd love to do all that I can do through you. Every time I look in the mirror, every day, I don't look in there and say, hello, good looking. I look in there and I just think, God, you must be joking. And he says, it's so much fun doing things for you because obviously people think it's impossible. I'm like, ha. Oh. But most of us feel that half the time. What have I got to bring? What have I got to offer? But every person in this room, the minute you start to follow Jesus, you become a kingdom builder. Your resource kit is heaven. And the backer is God. There's no excuse. I got married um, 96, July 13th. Two weeks before that, I found myself in this Christian conference, like a proper sort of Pentecostal one, where it's like hallelujahs and amens and everyone wore suits and stuff. And it was amazing. They still do those things. And um, I remember standing there and they took 45 minutes to take the offering. True story. And I remember sitting there and I first of all just thinking, wow, this guy is going on. And then I felt the Holy Spirit begin to talk to me. And he's like, Mike, I want to talk to you about the offering. And I'm like, no, Lord, I don't want you to talk to me about this offering. Well, I'm getting married in two weeks. We were like one of those couples where we paid for everything because our families didn't have the resources to help. And I was like, whatever's in my bank account right now is paying for that wedding and it's paying for that honeymoon. You are off limits. <laughs> He looks at me, literally, and he's like right down through me, through my soul, into my heart. And he's like, no, we're going to chat. And he says this. He says, Mike, I want you to give your entire contents of your bank account to this offering. I'm like, no, Lord. He's taken 47 minutes on the offering. There's no way I'm going to ever give to an offering like this. He went, give it. And I'll give you double back. And I was like, no, 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 no. You ever had those moments? Some of you are going to have them this morning. No, be quiet. And, I, and then I found myself, it was in the days of checkbooks, and I got my checkbook out, and I literally wrote with a trembling hand this check to the penny, what was in my bank account. Stella was sat next to me. I actually shut her out because we weren't married yet, and I, and I put, it, put it in the offering. And I watched the offering go down this venue that had a couple of thousand people in it. So it took a long time for these baskets to do their thing. But I figured God out, and I was like, oh, it's fine. By the time the offering has got to the end, someone's going to come up and give me double back because the Lord majestically would have appeared to them and said, there's a man back there getting married in two weeks, and you're going to give him this amount. 
the offering finishes. No one came to me. I was like, Lord, you failed me. And um, sat there. The preach goes on. The Holy Spirit's doing its thing. They're walking and they're dancing and flicking their legs, doing their thing. Meeting finishes. It's ministry time. I run up to the front for prayer thinking maybe the guy praying for me is going to give me a check back. Or say, oh, we found this check in the offering. And I'm sure the Lord told us it was a mistake. Well done. You're like Abraham and Isaac. And I'm just going to give it back to you now. Didn't happen. And then I'm, I find myself as the last person sat in the room. Honestly, Billy no mates other than Stella. And she just leant over and she went, what have you done? <laughs> Honest truth. And I said, well, wife-to-be, um, I've given my entire offering of our wages, my wages, today. And she went, okay. And I said, but God said to me, give me double back. So I'm just going to trust him on that. Two weeks passed. Nothing, nothing, I'm telling you, happened. Wedding morning. You know, you get nervous about getting married. I was nervous about paying the bill. You know, not for a lifetime. I was happy to deal with that. I was like, now. And um, I get married. I'm walking down the aisle. Still no check. No one popped out. I went, surprise, here's a check for your wedding. It wasn't happening. I get to the end. I do my vows. Stella's like, oh, I'm so in love with this handsome, hot Greek guy. I'm standing there thinking, dear Lord, where's the money? <laughs> That's honestly the truth. If I get asked, will you get married again? No. No, no, no. It was a painful day. I go to my wedding reception. Everyone's doing, oh, let's get photos. And even people were moving my leg into position to take the right photo. I felt like kicking him in the head. I was like, I am so in distress right now. Still no money. They do the food. They do the speeches. Everyone's having a laugh at my expense. And I'm just sitting there melting, thinking, in a couple of hours, I've got to pay a bill, Lord. So anyway, there's a break in our wedding. Well, that should have been a break to run. But um, we sat down and we opened all of our cards, as you do on your wedding day in the middle of the afternoon. And, um, and there was exactly double the amount of money there. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Me and Jesus are having this out when we get to heaven. Because I'm like, that was sick, Lord. That was sick. <laughs> But our whole life has been built upon it's not ours. Your whole life is called to be built upon it's not yours. We're called to love really well, serve really well, resource really well, and give really well. I live in the top 5% poverty bracket of the United Kingdom, yet I am one of the top 5% wealthiest people in the world. Go figure, the contrast. I am still called to give and live on all levels. The money in that envelope is to give you seeds to sow into the kingdom because God wants to teach you how to live extravagantly generosity. Move on. Okay. Are you still with me? Okay. Turn around to the person behind you and go, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I didn't see that. What am I on? Money, sex or freedom? <laughs> I text Pete and I said, I'm so glad I'm not doing sex. <laughs> Could you imagine? Anyway, <laughs> don't imagine that. Anyway, <laughs> It's a family show. You know, we give to what we love. We stand in our churches. We gather in our homes. We share in adventures, whether it's local mission, wildfires, or whatever. And, um, and we'll give to the things that we love about that, but we just have to give to the whole thing. We have to give to the whole thing. Imagine you're building a house extension or you know, something nice in your home. Or you're going to buy a new car and a guy says, yeah, you know, there's your car, but it's only got, you know, it's got three wheels, it'll get you by. You're going to say, but I paid for four wheels. 
where he says, you know, we've missed a few bricks off on the bottom because we figured it would be all right. We, you didn't buy enough bricks. And you're like, you'd be the first to go back and say, I demand those bricks be put in. We missed a few bits of pipe because it would just run into your garden. You wouldn't put up with it. Nor can we be in the same mind when it comes to the house of God. We had this phrase for GLOW that came out of us a few years ago called passion for God's house. And actually, ironically, it's a really kind of traditional statement. But we realized by being part of a church, we are part of a house, part of a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And no matter how I spin it, I am part of that story. And I'm part of the means and the mechanisms and the call to generosity within that. And that means that I am a stakeholder in what's being built. And when I don't play my part in that story, I am not allowing certain bricks or pipework or a wheel to be fitted in the right place and then halfway down the road it begins to break down because I'm not owning the vision to love something so much to give it my best and my all that's what it takes even now somebody like oh church is always like this no 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 it's not let me explain to you why I remember once, so I'm in church, and um, we've got brilliant teams, and they serve well, and this guy comes in, and um, we, we absolutely thrive on winning the loss to Jesus. We just believe in for one person a week to come to know Jesus. In the last two and a half years, that's what's happened, and it's been amazing. But people get attracted to who you are. They move into churches because it's like, oh, you know, you know it's, the, it's the sexiest thing. I mean, look at me. Who wouldn't want to come to Glow? And um, at the end of the day, they come in, and this guy comes in and goes up to a team member, and he says this, he says, you know, I said, I just want you to know that I've come to be served and not serve. What a brilliant line. For me, it's like red to a ball. And, um, and the thing is, even when you have a we in glow, there's pictures on the wall that sort of says, worship is your lifestyle lived out. And everything's about giving your life away. You can't escape it. Because we really, really know that actually, whilst we're here on this earth, we're to give our lives. So this guy, he um, makes this statement, very brash, and then comes into the service. And so this team member told me, and I was like, oh, okay. And Stella's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't get anywhere near the front today. And I'm like, I'm really looking forward to speaking today. And I stood up the front, and I said this. I just went, just before we start, if anybody here has come to be served and not serve, I used the exact words. <laughs> I said, I'm going to help you find one of the other 53 churches to go to. We're going to crush you. We're going to wreck you. We're going to destroy you if you stay here. Because this body is called to serve, to give everything. Not in a way that destroys us, but actually it's heaven's reasonable expectation for us to be spent upon it. Right here, right now. You see, it's interesting when we look at the whole culture of generosity and our lifestyle. Because there are, there are Christians that will coast through Christianity. We've got the nice seats, we've got the nice coffee. I've got my little group that will love me really well when I need it. It's all cozy. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually not opposed to that. There are days in my life when I think I'd love like a cozy fire Christianity. And, um, and no one pushes my buttons and provokes me into stuff. I'd love a year where there wasn't one epic adventure. I mean, wildfires, for example, is like, look, I'm just a little pastor of a little church on the coastal town. What idiot says yes to setting up a festival in six months when most people take two years but the invitation and the call of God beckons us to pioneer and pursue bold brazen stories and here we are in the middle of it as you are 
journeying something together, I promise you there'll be enough toilets. And if there's not, don't say, I promised you. <laughs> Talk to Chris. <laughs> we're called into the biggest sphere of life where actually we are not coasting, but everything's slightly costly. Everything's disruptive. We're disturbed. Our first question aligns itself with the scripture, seek first the kingdom of God. The beautiful thing about that verse is it carries on about that God will provide for us as we pursue him first. That he would have our first fruits, our best, our first thoughts, everything being first. As you, we have lots of people buying houses or rebuying houses or changing their mortgages. And there's this guy who's a mortgage broker and he's kind of like Glow's mortgage broker now. He's not a Christian and it's brilliant. He came to see me and Stella to change our mortgage. And you know what they do that thing when they go through all of your finances? I don't feel like me. I just cringed as he went through every single thing. And I was like, oh, this is really awkward. And then he said he came across our tithe and he just sort of got stuck there. And he's like, what's this? And I thought, brilliant, this is a gospel opportunity. And I said, well, that's like what we give to our church. And I'm going to be fair to you, it's a significant amount of money. And he, um, and he said, uh, why? So I explained, and it completely confused him. And I said, look, the only thing you need to understand is this. I said, God loved me so much that he found a way for me to have a relationship with him again. And I love what he stands and represents and hopes for so much that I will do anything the book tells me to do. And this is my understanding for me of how I give financially. I said, but it doesn't stop there. I give my time. I give my home. At that time, we had people living with us. So we give holidays away. We, we rent bigger houses for people to come and stay in. We, we, it's, it's on every part of our lifestyle. I said that, and I said to him, that's why you won't see we've got huge savings. Because every time we save something, the Lord just has this trick up his sleeve to give it away. This guy's done about 20 mortgages in Glow now with the same conversation. But he redid ours a little while ago, and he came in, and he was just like, yep, yep, yep. No, yeah, the tithe, I get that. Yep, yep, yep. And I was this is brilliant. And I said, are you any closer to Jesus yet? He went, no. <laughs> but we're working on him. You see, God has a detailed plan for you, Emmaus. In fact, when I was figuring out how to frame some stuff for you today, and he actually gave me a really clear word for you. And he said that you are going to be a house of houses. You are going to be a city set on a hill that other cities will get illuminated by. That you would be a space that resources and catalyzes other places to come to life. And then he gave me these words. Therefore, continue and be consistent. Therefore, continue and be consistent. Continue to serve, continue to love, continue to resource, continue to give. But be consistent with it because what you're building is, is beyond you. It's beyond me. It's beyond all of us. And what you're doing and what you're leading into, what God is speaking over you, what God is forming out of this ragtag bunch of crazy people. And some of you look amazing. Some of you I'm concerned for as I look at you. 
the eclectic mix. Every single person in here is of high value to the declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. And not just that he's Lord, but he loves others really well. And he's going to use you. He's going to use your gifts of service. He's going to use your heart to love another. He's going to use your resources. You know, every year we go on holiday and we, we buy a bigger villa every time. That sounds really posh. You know, I made a deal with the Lord. I said, God, I need you to give me a good holiday every year for the family. I don't know how you do it. I can't afford it. You know, we've been doing that for 13 years. I've just booked a holiday, same time of year, every year, and God's paid the bill every time. But a few years ago, I got bored of that, and I said, Lord, it'd be really cool if you expanded that, and we, we went a bit bigger, and we could give other people holidays. And so for the last four or five years, we've done that, and given, we've said, look, we've got a bigger villa, and we'd love to give you a holiday. Families, people on their own couples and it's kind of funny when you go on holiday with other people because obviously as you say look I'm like one of God's gifts of mankindness but then you get my board shorts on my belly's hanging out and it's all a bit yeah and they're there and it's we're all there they're having to just be normal and real and then they sit and they sit in the sunshine they eat well they drink some good wine and we we just talk God and family and fun and I watch and I just see again God's generosity extended to another family and I'm like, this is so fun. Every area he calls us into, you make the difference. Not one individual, but everyone together. There are some of you here that you think, I don't have a lot to give. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And the heart, if your heart stops beating consistently, you'd be worried. But imagine you're part of the heartbeat of this story. Therefore, you're responsible to help keeping it beating consistently. And the beauty about God's economy is this. The Bible says, give, and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down to the point of overflowing. Isn't that cool? So if you love in that way, you will encounter love in good measure, pressed down and overflowing. If you serve in that way, you will experience it in good measure, pressed down and overflowing. If you share your resources in the same way, you will experience that back to your life in good measure, pressed down and overflowing. As you give your finances consistently, you will experience that back in your life in good measure, pressed down and overflowing. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. It's not a theory. It's not even a theology. It's just Jesus' words. And I can't argue with him. And actually, I don't want to, because his words give me hope. I'm going to finish with this last one for us, and I'm going to pray for us. You know, I, um, I know how difficult it is sometimes where we live in a world where we are surrounded by so much want and need, yet we're in a part of the world that has so much available to it. And the enemy's tactic in any part of our lives will always be the tactic of fear. I meet people, they're fearful of serving because they think what they bring won't be good enough. To be honest, some people serving is a nightmare. Well, we've got these really posh coffee machines, right? 
I had a lady the other day. It's one of those machines where you push your button and it makes it for you. It's not complicated. We bought it for that reason. And it has a cone on top full of coffee beans. And a lady came in and decided to make coffee. What did she do? She boiled the kettle and she poured it over the beans. <laughs> Go figure. It's like a 4,000 pound coffee machine. <laughs> Did we react? Did we shoot her? No. Did we want to? I did. <laughs> you know what we said? We said, we, I can't believe it. We said, thank you. <laughs> thank you for wrecking our coffee machine. But as we said, thank you, what we were saying was, thank you for trying. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being available. We'll find you another room. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I live in that every day. I'm honestly, there are so many more people that are more intelligent and sharper than me, and they read amazing long words that I'm confused with and have a dictionary on my phone, especially sitting in 24 7 meetings. I'm just confused. And then I get the dictionary, oh, that's what it means. But God said, yeah, but I, I want to use you. And I want to use you. And I want to use you. That's up to Him. So, this little bit of finishing is a. a a couple of years ago, I did this thing with Glow, and I said, you know, it's fearful to begin to give on these levels, and the enemy will lie to you and will say to you that you're not good enough or you don't have enough. Well, there, there is a truth, by the way, is you don't have enough. Um, God has enough. You can't determine tomorrow's events. And um, so I said to the church, I said, we're going to do this little exercise. I said, we're going to invite everybody in the church to start tithing. You could imagine the popularity of such a statement. And, um, and I said, but this is the deal. And I'm not saying you should, you're going to do this. But I said, the Bible says, as you give right, God promises that you will not go short. Mike Andrea version of the Bible is coming out next year. And, um, and this is what, what happened. I said, so if you decide to become one of these givers, we are going to say to you, is if that you don't meet your bills and whatever you've done at the end of the month, as long as you haven't gone out and bought a flash car or booked a holiday on Glow, we, if God doesn't turn up, we'll give you your tithe back. You can imagine the, the board members in the church. <gasps> Team were cracking up laughing. Stella, my wife, she's just got a permanent shake of head. And, um, and you know what? A whole crowd of us went for that. Only one person came back. The others were like, this is amazing. This is incredible. We didn't mention it again. We didn't preach about it. We just went after it. And God turned up. And then we've been journeying that with new guys along the way. Why am I saying this to you? You are a house of houses. You are a city on a hill that will not be hidden. You are. And you are part of its narrative. You're part of the fun, enjoyment. Look what God's doing. And you're part of the reality of making it happen. And as you co-work and join in with the Lord. Just as Jesus said, he will give you nourishment. Jesus said this, he said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of the Father. Not from watching, not from standing from afar, but from joining in. And so it is with us. You are a beautiful bunch of people. I'm inspired by you, but I'm inspired by what you're going to do. Could you stand up if you're able to? We're going to pray. Now, I want you to do this thing, which you've now you've told someone that they're good looking and you said to the other one, I want you all to hold hands. Yeah. 
It's that Christian thing we do. We never do this in glow, only away. <laughs> Just close your eyes a minute. You're holding hands because you're actually in this story together. It's not down to a few clever people. It's down to the body. And I'm going to pray that God expands your faith and your capacity beyond what I am ever dreaming for GLOW. And my dreams for GLOW are huge. That the area I live would be known as a prosperous land that's not desolate. Remember, it's one of the poorest communities, but we're seeing it change. So I'm praying a bigger one over you. So if you want that, just under your breath say, I want whatever's going to be said, Lord. Give him permission. So Lord, I pray for Emmaus this morning. I thank you for the story and the adventure to date. But Lord, I ask that you would cause a fresh anointing, a fresh move of your presence over this entire church that calls them into the most radical living of generosity that there would be a multiplication, a thousandfold of service, of love, of resource and finance committed to this place being a house of houses. Lord, I pray that you would go wildly beyond my own imagination for home, for here. That, Lord, you would, we would be jealous of what you do here in a good way. That, Lord, this would be a place of overflow, ridiculous, consistent abundance, and say, and I just tell you that your lies to individuals in this church are that. They are lies. Just reject your lies over people's minds in this room that they have nothing to offer or give. But the Lord sees the slightest and the major gifts of every level of the highest value. Amen.